Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. I have three different messages tonight and uh, I'm gonna preach them all if that's all right with you. I'm going to summarize one, and then I'm going to jump into another because I think it's very critical of where you guys are as a church moving into the church. God has been dealing with us in Antioch about two critical words, position and stance. Um, We have been in a little bit of a study on this, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but... uh, If you've ever watched, how many of you watch football? Any football fans in here? Amen. I don't watch football a lot. I played it a little bit in high school. And, uh, but I understand it enough to understand that there is a, there is positions on the field. And if you are in the wrong position, you will get crushed. And if you're in the right position, but have the wrong stance, you will get crushed. And there comes a time and a season that Kings Wasilla is walking into that each person in this building needs to understand your position and your stance. There has to be a level where you understand, hey, you're not just a greeter. You're not just somebody that's going to say hi to somebody. That's a position. The stance is that your, your handshake and your words could change a life forever. Understanding that I'm not just an usher, that there is a position that you are put into, but your stance is what brings breakthrough. That there is a level that this church is walking into. Listen, it's incredible revival of what is happening in Wasilla, but God is ready to take you to another level. Not just the building is not going to be another level. There's another level spiritually that you're walking into. And this church needs to recognize it's not just about the position of the building. It's the stance of the people that are in it. That was free. Hallelujah. I say that to say this, the devil is on the prowl. I'm not scared of the devil, but the Bible tells us to, to be wise to the things of the enemy. And if a football team went out, scattered, and said, if the coach said, hey, just go stand wherever and do what you want. And you know those big three and 400 pound linemen, if they just stood like this, when the ball was gonna be snapped, How many of you know they would be on their back in about three seconds? But there is a reason that they have to get down, they have to get in their position because there's something coming at them. When you're ready to take the city of Wasilla and ultimately the state of Alaska, you have got to be very careful, not on just your position, but the stance that you are holding in your position. It is not just a moment where you're playing patty cake because the devil is trying to stop and he has been for seven years. But you're getting ready to come into the season of breakthrough and the enemy is going to throw his last shot. So I'm telling you tonight, position yourself, get a stance that holds the ground and understand that breakthrough is coming. Hallelujah. Amen. That was enough, let's go home. 
I still have 35 minutes on the clock. It hasn't even started. Hallelujah. How many of you know the word of the year given by, I was just kidding, you didn't have to start the clock, whoever did that. How many of you know the word of the year from Dr. Morocco this year is press on. Great, I'm glad you all are aware of what's happening in Kings globally. If you haven't been pressing on, you better start. So at the beginning of every year, Dr. Morocco gives us a great word. And this year was a word, press on, which was a little scary. You know, you like the words, it's like be blessed and multiply and financial prosperity. You're like, oh, give me more of that. Then press on, you're like, <laughs> it's a, it's a it, you know, I'm going to press on, I'm, we're going to make it. But how many know it's been a pressing on type of year? You know that well right here. We also in Antioch confirm the word of the Lord and God also gave us a word to confirm that word. And I wanna speak it over this house. It was a prophetic word that God downloaded to me in the parking lot of Antioch, California at our church. And as I was studying this afternoon and it just kept coming up. And I said, okay, God, I'll say it. And uh, I told you I have like four messages and so um, just stay with me because God's gonna do something very special tonight. Breakthrough is coming. Now, this is the word of the year for Kings Antioch, but I believe that, I will say this, there was a supernatural bridge between Antioch and Alaska. I don't quite understand it. I've never seen it like this before. But there, we get, every week we have random visitors from Alaska. It's not like it's just down the road. I'm like, oh, new guests. I look at their, their car, connect card. It's like, Alaska. I'm like, who just got a plane ticket and flew in? 20, 26, 29 people came to our power conference from the villages here in Alaska. Minister Tommy, if you haven't met him, I met him in this altar a little over three years ago. And I don't know what all was said, but it was enough for him to pack up his camper and move to California. <laughs> because God said enough. There was a supernatural bridge and a, a relationship between, and I'm not saying that all kings aren't close, but I'm just saying God has done a spiritual bridge from Antioch to Alaska that causes us to have, there's things that happen here that happen there that you just can't make up. You just can't, you can't, the things that we've experienced that Pastor Daniel will call and say, hey, guess what? And I'll be like, no, guess what? And it's not like we're trying to top each other, but I'm trying to win here. Hey, he's competitive. So is this guy. I'm like, oh yeah, guess what happened here? I, have, I knocked on 492 doors. What do you got? I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But sometimes I feel like I should. But I believe that this word is specific for you. And it was given the week after doctor gave his word out of honor I would never release a word before our global senior pastor. He holds that 
in our church, but I do believe that this upholds the arms of that word. The word says this, this is the year of upgrade and increase of expansion and enlargement. This will be the year for many to have a divine understanding of the faithfulness and the goodness of the king. There will be a time of trying and testing, but know that I am God. This year, God will wake up a generation to declare who he is. There has been a time of sitting and soaking, but this is the year of moving and shaking. I am ready to do what you will allow me to do. This is the moment that the army of God will arise. We will see the manifestation of the presence like never before. Awake, O sleeper, come alive, begin to strike the ground. For I've begun before you and prepared the way, and I will continue to do great and mighty works. This year, as we press on and pursue the presence of God, we will see a harvest, a double portion harvest. There will not only be a harvest of the lost, but this year through militant diligence, God is returning and restoring everything the enemy has stolen. It's a double portion harvest for family, relationships, for finances, and for business. Press on, strike the ground, prepare the way. The King is coming. The King is here. Hallelujah. There is a moment that we have to realize that the Bible says in Romans to not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The one thing that can hold us back from God's glory and his greatness is us. It's the only thing that can stop God from doing what he wants to do is our mind. Because we have a certain way of thinking and we have a certain way of processing And we think that we know more than God most of the time, or at least I do. I argue with him. Like, God, are you sure? I'm like, we need to talk about this? Eh, I'm not seeing your point of view on this side, God. Maybe we need a compromise. I'm like, who am I? Who am I to tell God who he is and what he can do? What you say to yourself matters. We, um, when we lived in Missouri, my kids wanted to get a dog. And I'm not against dogs, I just, I, I, I don't have a lot of time for dogs. So I was like, okay, my kids are like, we want a dog. I'm like, okay, we'll get a dog. So we went to look for all these, we went to all the dog pounds and we couldn't find anything. And my son was like, hey, I want a, a yellow lab. Well, they're very expensive. And I was like, okay, well, we'll save up. It'll be all of your Christmas presents. You're getting one dog for all you kids. And they were agreed. I was like, score, yes. <laughs> and so we called this guy who breeds them and we went down and looked and, uh, you know, we're looking at all, I mean, they're, they're like this big and super cute. Who can't love a, 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 a yellow lab puppy, you know? And I see this one and he's got this massive head and these huge feet. And I'm like, look at that. That guy's awesome. I don't know anything about dogs. And uh, they're like, oh yeah, he's so cute. Look at this, we'll keep him in the house forever. And I was like, yeah, you think they're gonna be this big forever? Well, I didn't know that if you get a dog with a really big head and really big feet, they're gonna grow into it. So we get this big old huge dog who is supposed to be a house dog, who then is like, ate everything, ate our table, ate the counter. I mean, they ate everything. And I was like, this is it. Out, outside, push them into the backyard, make them a little pin. 
And they're like, you know, dogs won't dig as much and chew as much if you run them and take them on walks. And I was like, oh, okay. So we would attempt to take him on a walk. And we would put him on this leash and people would like think it was so funny. They're like, oh, are you walking the dog or is he walking you? You know, and I'm like, oh, that's so funny. You know, we're like, get over here. You know, he'd take off and we would have this horrible encounter every time. And people gave us all these tricks on how to train our dog. And it was like, you know, if you just give them some treats or some cheese or something. And, and so we would, we would do these, you know, stay, hold out a piece of cheese. He'd be like, and coming to get us. I'm like, this cheese is not working. But every now and again, when he was out going crazy, I could like hold up a treat and he would, he would actually come to me. For some reason, he never learned his name. When he would leave the backyard, he forgot everything he ever learned. And all my kids loved the dog, but this guy was the one that had to go find him every time. All the dads in the house are like, yeah, y'all need to listen to this sermon. (laughs) And so we would, my kids are like, oh my gosh, we love the dog. I'm like, you never do anything with the dog. I, I do everything. And especially the cleaning up part that came to me too. I was like, why did we even buy this thing? I spend my whole life savings and I have to clean up and I lost a table and a countertop. Not a good deal. And one day as I was walking this beast of a dog, I realized that it was more like us than I thought. That he had already made up his mind what he was going to do. He had already made up his mind, no matter who said what, that I, I couldn't speak to him. And, and sometimes my mind is already made up, even though I talk to God. Even though I pray, I don't pray to God for his solution. I pray to God to give him, to, for him to give me my answer. And even though I tried to teach the dog with treats and distractions, sometimes I do the same thing for myself. I try to get to a place where I'll distract myself from the issue or the problem, thinking that I'm making progress, but really I have to have a transformation of my mind to understand God's will. Because what you think actually matters. How you feel is not how you are and how you feel is not who you are. You know, feelings are great servants, but they're terrible masters. Many times we operate off of feeling and emotion and we make decisions for our life based on how we are feeling and how we are thinking. And I'm here to tell you tonight, part of position and stance is getting to a place where you have the mind of Christ where you understand that I've got the word of the Lord, I've crucified my flesh, I understand that it doesn't matter what I think anymore, it only matters what he thinks. And there comes a time when we have to understand who God is. Joshua 1.8 says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, when I, I'm not much of a meditator slash yoga person. Now, if I think of somebody, it might be like Pastor Kirsten, very just 
music playing, dimming the lights, and you know, just very into, minus the beard. But other than that, I love you. But I, I, when I think of meditating, uh, I think of something uh, not very like, uh, not very enthusiastic. I think of something that's very mellow. I th- when somebody says, hey, I just need to go meditate, I don't think like they're gonna go run a marathon or something. I think they're just gonna sit and they're gonna think. And I begin to study this verse. Isaiah 31.4 says, as a lion growls over its prey, that word growl is the same word as the word meditate in Joshua 1.8. When he says that you need to meditate on the word, he's saying you need to growl like a lion growls over its prey. You need to go after it. You don't just need to sit back and think about, well, I read that verse. Let me just ponder on it. You need to get hungry for it and go after it. If you've ever seen a lion hungry, I've never seen one in real life, but I've watched plenty of movies and I'm sure they're real. You maybe went to Africa on the missions trip and you probably saw lions. I never have seen one except for at the zoo and when they throw out a piece of meat, they go after it. When there is something thrown to you in the word of God, it's not time to sit back and go, oh God, what does this mean? It's time to go after it and pursue it with passion. There's a growl that has to rise up inside of us that says, God, I want more. I'm going to summarize a story, and then we're going to wrap this up, and I'm going to pray over you tonight. Genesis 30, 30. It's a story of Laban and Jacob. Jacob is tending the flocks of Laban. He's taking care of the goats and the sheep. He is um, really trying to work his way up with his father-in-law, but has been deceived the whole way and been taken advantage of, and he's going to quit. And uh, Laban comes and says, hey, what can I pay you? He says, don't pay me anything. Just uh, let me take, and this is a summary. You can read it in Genesis 30. He says, just let me take some of the, the, the separate, the, the white and the black sheep, and, and you can keep all them, but the speckled and spotted ones I'll keep because there's not a lot of those. And if you're not familiar with this story, it's, it's mind-blowing and life-changing. And what happens is, is Jacob begins to understand that there's a way to make these, these animals think differently about themselves just by what they see. And so what Jacob does is he goes and he gets pieces of bark, tree limbs and things like that, and he begins to peel them to where they are speckled and spotted, and he puts them in the place of the watering hole. And every time the goats and the sheep come to take a drink, they, they see these speckled and spotted pieces of bark. And when they see these things in the water, when they mate, they are, they are reproducing what they're seeing. And so they're seen speckled and spotted, and so they're reproducing speckled and spotted offspring. 
And I'm here to tell you tonight, church, it's what you think that matters. It's what is in your mind that will determine what you're going to do tomorrow. You don't have to look at your circumstance and say, I am doomed. You have to look and say, God, you've called me to be prosperous. I'm going to think on the things that you have for me. I'm going to growl and meditate on your word, and I'm going to see what you can do, God. See, there's those moments that Jacob, oh gosh, hallelujah, needs to be bigger. Lesser athlete would have fallen, not this guy, hallelujah. Glory. You know, I did break my ankle in the parking lot on a rock, so you never know what's going to happen. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for saving me tonight. Jacob understands that it's not about what God has, it's not about what Jacob or what Laban has given him. It's about what God can do with what he's been given. And some of us look at our circumstance and say, what can I do with this? Not what does God have potential with? Some of us look at our lives. We look at our kids. We look at our jobs. We look at, we look at our situation and we say, God, and we, we, we begin to think our own plan. We begin to think our own thoughts. And we begin to get ourselves so messed up because we don't know how it's going to work. But I'm here to tell you tonight that there is some speckled and spotted pieces of bark that are being laid down in front of you. That God is here to tell you tonight that he's changing your circumstance. That if you can meditate and go after the things that he's put in front of you, he can change everything in a moment. Because it was in that moment that Jacob went from having nothing to having the biggest flock. Even Laban comes out of that and says, how did this happen? How do I have nothing and you have everything? It was in a moment that God said, here's what's going to happen. There is some of you here tonight that you have been waiting You've been waiting for breakthrough in your life and you've been determined to think about how you can make it happen. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you can't make it happen. You will never make it happen. It's when you trust God, he makes it happen. I tell this story all the time. My wife and I never in a million years thought we would ever go back to California, ever. We actually told God no. When we left Southern California in 2007 to move to Missouri, we, had, we lived in a neighborhood that, I mean, we grew up in the city where it was a great city and over the course of the years, it had shifted and changed and it was crime-ridden and drug-ridden. The, the, a couple of weeks before we moved, our whole, all of our stuff got stolen out of our garage. There was a, a, a police raid on the house next door, a guy being tased as he's running down the street. And I'm like, why do we live here? What's happening? And we'd lived there for 30 years. And when I left California, because I didn't never want to leave, I'm not real big on change. Kings has helped me in that process. Hallelujah. It's I've, I've overcome or I'm overcoming. Hallelujah. I didn't say I've overcome. You don't need to run it through me again, God. I'm getting it. Hallelujah. (laughs) But I didn't want to leave. But once we left, I never wanted to go back. And when we landed in Missouri, I found what I thought was home. My kids were in a great school. It was was awesome. It was like a 
I mean, not that I love the country and my wife was like, there's bugs and everything else out here. Let's get back to the beach. But we figured out a way to make it happen. And our ministry that we were in Missouri, all of you, most of you might know Pastor Gary Brothers who comes and speaks here. That was my, that's my spiritual dad. That's my mentor. That's my pastor. For years, for 13 years, we were on his staff. And he taught us great things, and we had a thriving ministry. We got to travel. We got to do all the things. And when God brought up the thought that we might be moving and transitioning, it didn't sit well with me. And I immediately thought, this is the devil. You know how many times that happens when God puts something before you and you go, no, that's not happening because that's not in my plan. That's not in my playbook. And I was, I was telling some people this morning how we came to Alaska. We finally accepted the fact that we were called to California. Even though we had, we, we had a wall map in our room and we X'd out this California. And now people tell us, you know, X marks the spot. If you don't want to go somewhere, never put an X on that place. <laughs> and, uh, we, we, we flew all over the place trying to get our feet on the ground of where we would do ministry. And we had great places like Texas and the Carolinas and right on the beach. You know, we had, we had great thoughts and we were telling God how perfect it would be and how he should line up with our plan. <laughs> and uh, we traveled to places and we would get like canceled flights and hurricanes and we're like, oh gosh, we better not go here. I mean, this is, you know. But I really thought that going to California was Nineveh. Like, I'm like, who wants to hear about God in California? Like, I'd rather go to the belly of a well. Call me Jonah. But nobody wants to hear about God in California. I've heard the stories about him. And so we finally surrendered our will and said, okay, God, we'll go to California. And Pastor Daniel calls and says, I got the plan. I said, great, what is it? He goes, move to Alaska. I said, no, that's not the plan. I just got my mind made up that I'm going to California. I'm not coming to Alaska. Not that I don't like Alaska. Don't be mad at me, okay? I love Alaska. But I had a five-year-old. I had a freshman in high school, and I had another one that was going to be a senior in high school, and an older one that had already just got married. And I was thinking, God, why would I transition all of this? That doesn't make sense in my mind. And so I told Pastor Daniel, no. I said, no, that's not going to work for us. Amen. I did just that. I cried like a baby. I said, no way. He said, okay, let's pray about it. If you haven't been around kings very long, that is a response to every problem in life. Pray about it. Hallelujah. And it works. You know what praying does? It changes your mind. It gets your mind where God's is. He said, let's give it a couple of weeks. I said, okay. And I was really stubborn. I was telling my wife how right I was and how wrong they were. They don't know me. I don't go to Alaska. I was, I was, I was, I was set in my mind. I knew more than God. And Pastor Daniel calls back a couple of weeks later. He goes, all right, I got the plan. I was like, well, finally, <laughs> thank you. What is it? Sell all your stuff and move to Alaska. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And my, my, my wife and I were sitting at dinner with my mom and, 
And all of a sudden, God just, he shifted us. said, calm down. Just go. And my mind shifted. And it opened up a whole nother perspective of what God could do. And even though I had the plan of, well, if I get to California in the next four weeks and uh, get Dr. Morocco to buy a $4.2 million building and I have three people in it, it would be a great start. Amen. Let's do that. That's a horrible idea. Right? You all are like, I don't know. It might work. Hallelujah. No, that's a bad idea. God had another plan that included us coming to be a part of this family that prays for us every morning, that now I have a a spiritual bridge and a connection because I got out of my own mindset and I stepped into God's, I stepped into his mindset and said, God, I'll do whatever. I'll go to Alaska. Just get me out of there before it's dark and cold. That's my only request. Please, Jesus. (laughs) Kind of a baby when it comes to that. When we were in Kosovo, they said, oh, we got a side-by-side. We'll take you for a ride. They didn't tell me it didn't have a window. <laughs> no, that's not cool. No, it was really cool, actually. Put me and my wife in the front. Bobby's going like 60. I'm like, I think my eyes were froze open like I couldn't do anything. He's like, this is fun. I'm like, mm. it's the coldest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I'm kind of a, I'm telling you, I'm a Southern California boy. I like warm. I told God, please, please, Jesus, I'll move up there. I've heard horror stories that they go for three months and it turns into like 18 years. God, don't let that be me. And we came up here totally free here. God, I, I, I don't know what to do because this isn't my plan, it's yours. And wouldn't you know it? God put everything into place. He did exactly what I couldn't. And it took me to a place where I recognize I don't have the answers, he does. If you can catch that in your life, that you don't have to have the answers tonight because he already does. You have, to, you have to get your mind able to look on the things that he has in front of you. Don't look at the problem, look at the solution. You have to begin to not say the things. Listen, the Bible says that there's the power of life and death is in your tongue, that we speak those things that are not as if they were. We have to understand that there is a God that is fighting for us. What comes out of our mouth determines our future. What we think on is what we say. We have to begin to think on the things that are of God. And he'll begin to shift everything in us. Some of you have been waiting. What's my better job? Where's my better house? Who am I going to marry? Where, when am I going to have kids? Listen, all of those are great things to think about. But the real thing is, God, what do you want in my life? Those things begin to shift. Where's our keyboard guy? Hallelujah. Or whole band, whatever. I just don't want to fall off the stage anymore. PTSD. <laughs> I saw a preacher did that in Maui. Man, I saw it and I was like, oh no. Jesus never let me be that, hallelujah. He's protected me all this time. 
Amen. Tonight, some of you have been tormented in your mind. You're at a place of quitting. You're at a place of stopping. And this is not about I'm a good Christian or a bad Christian or I'm a new Christian or I've been in church my whole life. This is about the devil putting you in a place that says, I can't think beyond my situation. I'm stuck in a place. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're a teenager or if you're 90 years old. Jesus says, the thoughts that I have for you are to give you a hope, to prosper you. There was a moment that God is settling upon this place because you know, you can't get the right position and stance until you get the right mind. You'll never be in the right place. You'll never be in the right position. And even the right stance in the wrong position is still the wrong position. There's a crucial time that God is shifting King's Wasilla. And I remember years ago coming and praying over that parking lot. It wasn't even a parking lot, it was just a forest. I remember going and chopping down a tree and and standing here and saying, in Jesus' name, who will be willing to hold up the arms of Pastor Daniel? Some of you may have been here for that message. He better still have that tree somewhere, hallelujah. It's been a fight. There's been so many prophetic words. There's been so many, God's gonna do it. God's gonna do it. Yes, he is. You know the frustrating part? is our minds get in the way of what God just wants to do. The journey, the process, can it be frustrating? Yes. But when you understand that, God, it's in your hands. I'm just here to do what you tell me to do. It changes everything. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, Go to casealaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.